0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Galatians, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Folk, they don't even know how to read. Pop the DVD and look at it. We had to read in those days. Can I get an amen from the 25-year-older group? (laughs) And I remember I didn't know anything about the Bible, so I thought, now what am I going to teach? I'm going to teach. I'm going to learn the Bible. And so I I I actually got the Ungers Bible Dictionary, and I wanted to know who Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were. Who are these people? Why did they write you know, the Bible, and what was their life like, and how come of all the people in the Bible, those four were like the gospel people. I didn't understand any of these things, so I, that's when I first learned that Matthew was a Jew, writing to the Jews about the King of the Jews, and it was my first Bible study with Tony Ruby that I shared those four things. I was like, Tony, okay, we're going to sit down, we're going to learn the Word of God today. I felt like a professor because I knew four things. (laughs) And we're going to learn the Bible. We're going to learn the Word of God. I'm going to teach you who Matthew is and who Mark and Luke and John are. And you will be very spiritual when you are done. (laughs) And so I taught him, you know, I began to teach him the Word of God. And who would have ever known that was my real first Bible study. And who would have ever known 25 years later, I'm still teaching the Bible. Being led by the Spirit. Being simply being led by the Spirit because I felt the responsibility just to teach that God. about. I didn't know that God was going to... I didn't know that when I became a Christian that God gave me a gift to teach the Bible. I didn't know that. I didn't know that God had a plan for me that I was going to be teaching the Bible for the rest of my life. I didn't know that then. I was simply just walking in the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. And what I'm trying to tell you is that when you are led by the Spirit, you will never go wrong. Can you clap your hands and say amen? You'll never go wrong. You'll always be, you'll always be in that place where God wants you to be. Paul says, if you walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now listen at this, Saints. The legalists, keep the context, the legalists would read this and say, Don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, and you shall walk in the spirit. You see, the legalist has dyslexia. We read it as walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, one depends on the spirit and you won't walk walk in the flesh. And the other says, earn your way by works and you will be spiritual. You see the difference? Earn your way by works and then you'll be spiritual. Well, then in verse 17, Paul tells us that there's a constant war. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. You looking at it? If you're looking at it, say I'm looking at it. Look at verse 17, for the flesh wars against what, saints? You see, there's a war going on between the flesh and the spirit. Now, when we talk about the flesh, we're talking about the fallen nature that was inherited by Adam. There is a battle going on between the fallen nature and the spirit nature. And if you've been a Christian more than 24 hours, you know that that's true. There's a war going on between what the spirit wants you to do and what the flesh wants you to do. And that old fleshly nature, listen, rises up at any time, any place and unexpectedly. Isn't that true? I see it every Sunday. Y'all ought to see church from where I stand. I see folks come in every single Sunday. There are people who come to church and they come to the same service every Sunday and they sit in the same seat every Sunday. But every now and then they come in, they come in the same service, they come to get in their seat and someone's in it. You wanna see the old nature rise up. Now of course you don't say anything because that would be just completely impolite. But they are sitting in your seat and you walk by and you think, sitting hmm, in my seat. Even though I tell people we don't save seats, we save souls. Did you hear me? We don't save seats. We don't. We save souls. People still save seats, and people think that that's their seat. You want to see the old flesh rise up? You 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 go to a parking lot, to a mall, and and you're waiting for a parking space. Has this ever happened to you? You're waiting for the parking space. No, it's never happened to anybody here, huh? You're waiting for a parking space. And, and, and you're always waiting for the parking space with the lady who has triplets, who has, who has been shopping for five hours. She's got 4,000 bags to put in a car. And so you're waiting there and you're waiting for an hour and a half for that one space. And then she finally pulls out and the way that she pulls out kind of blocks you from pulling in. Y'all know where I'm going. Okay, the way she pulls out blocks you from pulling in, and then somebody pulls in and takes your parking space. You want to see the flesh come out? My my daughter, just the other day, I actually wrote this piece in her memory. I mean, she's still with us, but she's in here right now. I won't tell you who Chanel is. And, um... (laughs) So she came, she, the other day, she came over and she said, she said, uh, Dan, what would you do? <coughs> what would you do if somebody took your parking space you had been waiting for? What would you do? I said, well, sweetheart, because I, I'm, a, I'm a godly person. <laughs> I said, well, sweetheart, what I would do is I would just pray. Because I'm spiritual, I don't care what y'all say. I would just pray for them. And she said, I said, Well, what did you do? She said, I'd get out of the car and go kick their car. <laughs> and, and outside, I was going, Yes. I'm I saying, I pray. And inside, I'm thinking, Then ask my girl. <laughs> so I go kick the car. <laughs> just go kick. But you know, you want to see the flesh rise up in unexpected ways and unexpected places. That's what happens. The old nature is still with us. And fleshly nature is still there. And you ever notice, talk about a war going on. You ever notice, talk a more serious note. You ever notice that when, when you take the time and you say, you know, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, this morning, I'm going to get up and pray. Have you ever noticed as soon as you start praying, the phone rings? There's a war going on trying to keep you from walking in the Spirit and doing the things that God has called you to do in the Spirit. So we have that flesh nature. And can I tell you something? If you're taking notes, will you write this down, please? The flesh, listen close. You cannot negotiate with the flesh. You cannot negotiate with the flesh. Matter of fact, the Bible doesn't tell us to negotiate or compromise with the flesh. The Bible tells us to put it to death. You know, I think of the story in Exodus as the children of Israel were getting getting ready and crossing into the promised land. You remember that story? And the Canaanites are scared of them because the Canaanites were watching over the walls of Jericho and they saw Israel coming across the Jordan carrying the ark of God. And they saw the waters of Jordan part And when the last person stepped on the other side, the water started flowing again. And the Canaanites realized they weren't only fighting Israel, but they were fighting the God of Israel. And then God told Israel that he would send hornets to drive them out. I will never understand that. Why hornets? What is the purpose of hornets? What's the purpose of mosquitoes? What is the purpose of chihuahuas? You know, I sit and, and contemplate these things. These are things that disturb my spirit. Why did God create chihuahuas? I'm, chihuahuas must be like a part of the fallen nature or something. A fallen man. I don't get it. What, what's the point? So God said, I'm going to send hornets and get this. And he told Israel, here's the best part. Listen, he told Israel, he said he was going to drive out the Canaanites. Now, if you've been in our study on Wednesday night, you know the Canaanites represent the flesh. And he told Israel, I'm going to drive out the Canaanites little by little. I'm going to drive them out little by little. You know, isn't that true? Victory doesn't always come overnight. You know, sometimes God drives things out of your life little by little. Isn't that true? Now, when you first get saved, all the biggies, I call them like the big five, they kind of go away really quick. I mean, as soon as you get saved, the big five, they're, they're, they're gone. You know, sleeping around, you think, okay, I'm a Christian now. I shouldn't be sleeping around. and then And then I shouldn't be doing drugs. And I don't drink the way I used to drink. Now I drink less. I mean, you know, it's like the, the big ones, they all go away. You're nicer to your wife. You're nicer to your husband. No more road rage. Those things come along. It happens. But then as you keep walking with the Lord, God starts to show you a little more. And then he starts to, and this true, he starts to probe a little deeper in your life. Hey, well, what about your thought life? Okay, now the big five are gone. You don't do those things anymore. You don't smoke or chew or go with girls who do. (laughs) They're all gone. But what about your thought life? What about your heart You see, if God showed you all these things in the beginning, it would blow your mind. And so God gives it to us little bit by little bit. God says, when you get in the land to Israel, he says, don't make any covenants and don't make any promises. Don't try to compromise. In other words, don't try to compromise with the flesh, the enemy, or Satan. And here's why. Listen to me close. Here's why you're not to compromise with your flesh, because the flesh does not know the word negotiate. The flesh doesn't know the word negotiate. You can't give your flesh a little allowance because if you give your flesh a little, it only wants more. Your flesh is insatiable. You know, someone once said, give Satan an inch and he will become the ruler. Isn't that true? Give him an inch and he'll become the ruler. Don't even give Satan a little room in your life because he always wants more. It's almost like I'll have a little cheesecake. You can't have a little cheesecake. And people come to your house and they, you know, you have a little party and they bring a cake. And then when they leave, like maybe this, that one cake, they only took like two slices off of it. People took two slices off and then they leave. And then they say, oh, well, you know, what? I'm just going to leave the cake. Just, you just keep it. Just keep it. I'm just going to leave. You just keep it. And you got the cake on the counter. And then, you, you know, you just happen to walk in the kitchen. You went in the kitchen to get, like, something to eat or something healthy. And you're walking by the counter, and all of a sudden, the cake starts talking to you. Isn't it true? The cake says, hey, big fella. You're just, like, walking, You're walking in the kitchen. No, 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 no. This is how I walk in my kitchen. <laughs> so you're like walking in the kitchen, and the cake says, "Hey, big fella." And You know, you kind of walk him by. And you go, "Yes, <laughs> yes." Don't you want a bite of me? <laughs> no, not really. Oh, yeah, just take one bite. Really, just one. And it's, like, it's almost like you got the, the good angel and the bad angel. And it's like, no, 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 no. One bite will lead to others. And the other one's like, no, it won't. One bite won't hurt. One bite will lead to other One bite won't hurt. One bite will lead to other Okay, I'll have one bite. And you take one bite, what happens? Somehow, I don't know, maybe Kurt Anderson showed up, but the whole cake disappeared. <laughs> Where did it go? Because you can't just have a bite. You can't satisfy the flesh. The flesh is insatiable. And there's a war going on between the flesh and the spirit. Now look at verse 19 in your Bibles as Paul gives us a list of 17 works of the flesh. And listen, this list, it isn't exhaustive, but it gives you an idea of what a person who walks in the flesh does. A person who walks in the flesh, listen, they commit adultery, and what's adultery? That means being married and then you're having extramarital affairs. Adultery. And let me just say something real quick here. God still, saints, listen, God still says adultery is sin. And I don't care what the young and the restless say. God says adultery is sin and God doesn't justify Is there one person that agrees with me? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Because we live in a culture that not many people agree. Nowadays, people are being taught, well, we need to live together so that we can discover whether we are good and right for each other. Of course, they've been living together for 37 years. Well, we need to live together so we can discover if, you know, we're right for each other. Listen, this is a, not a child sermon. If we can, we should have sex and determine whether we're right for each other. This is what the world is telling us. This is what the world is teaching us. God says adultery is wrong. Fornication is wrong. They are works of the flesh. Uncleanness, he goes on. What is that? That's like internet pornography, uncleanness. I can't break all these down, but I'll tell you. Lewdness has the idea of ready to sin at any time without shame and without embarrassment. Idolatry, are you looking at verse 20? Idolatry means worshiping anything other than the one true, somebody help me, God. That's idolatry, anything. Worshiping anything other than God. And then sorcery. Sorcery, that's the Greek word pharmakia. If you're taking notes, we have the word pharmacy. That would be drug abuse, heroin, crack, methamphetamines, mushrooms, Smoking joint. You know, I was just reading just the other day, I was telling them first service, I was reading the other day that in this article that people get this, are into, to get high, they're into toad licking. Toad lick. Apparently, there's a certain kind of, I mean, this is shocking. This is shock. I mean, I was literally traumatized by this information. <laughs> Apparently, there's a toad. Y'all, y'all looking at each other going, what? What is he talking about? What? <laughs> Apparently there's this toad, a special kind of toad, that when it gets like fearful, that it, it, it gets this um, slimy stuff that covers its body. And, 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 and it's, it's like, a, like a hallucinogenic. And people who are these people, they find the toad and they lick the toad and they get high. Who are these people? And then I wanna know, who is the person who, who tried it after the first person? It's like, I mean, what's up with that? Is that not the nuttiest thing you ever heard? How do you walk up to someone and go, hey, dude? Man, dude, oh man, I found this new, oh man, here, lick this toe, dude. <laughs> and, and then why would he even go, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> What's up with that? People, I mean, but that's pharmakia. Drug use, any drug use is not good. It's a work of the flesh. <laughs> it's a work of the flesh. And then hatred. Notice the Bible says hatred, contentions, jealousy. Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. Jealousies, outbursts of wrath. That's people who can't control their temper. That's people who always want to give you a piece of their mind. Hmm. Y'all know what I say about that. Don't give away too many pieces. You ain't got that much left. (laughs) Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy. Did you know that heresy is a work of the flesh? That's false teaching. Have you ever thought about it? Envy and murder. I find that interesting that they're in the same category because we like to categorize sin, don't we? No, well, envy. Oh, well, <laughs> they got a nice Beamer 700 series in their driveway. And boy, I sure like to have me one of them. Oh, why did they get it and I didn't? Envy. But murder? We think envy's okay, but murder? Oh, they murder somebody. Oh, they're a murderer. They should go to jail for life. They should give their life in the place of someone else. We categorize sin. We think murder is worse than envy when the Bible says they're both a work of the flesh, interesting, drunkenness, revelries. And then Paul says, and such the like, are you following me? Paul says, I don't want to leave anything out. And then he says, anyone who practices, or that means habitually does these things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul says, if you're born again, then there should be a change in your life. There should be a change in your life. There should be no adultery and fornication. Ladies, listen, fellas, listen. Listen. If you meet a guy or you meet a girl and that person is trying to get you in bed or they make any allusion to something that is inappropriate, that is not Christian. I don't care how cute they are. Can y'all say amen? Are they they a Christian? Yeah, but, but, but they try to, you know, make advances toward me. The Bible says anyone who practices. Notice it doesn't say anyone who has ever done these things. Because I think if we were honest, I won't ask you to raise your hand. But if we were all honest we would all say, yes, we have done these things in the past or, or, or some of these things have been a part of our lives. But now that we're Christians, we don't practice these things anymore. These things are not a part of our lives anymore. And I do want to point this out and then we'll move on. Notice the Bible calls these a work of the flesh. The Bible does not say, are you listening, that this is demon possession. And I tell you that to tell you this, there are a lot of people who will go to a text like this and they'll say, oh, well, you have the demon of adultery or you've got the demon of lust or you've got the demon of envy or you've got the demon of drunkenness. Listen, the Bible, and then they have demon casting out services or what we call deliverance services because you have a demon. The Bible doesn't call these a demon. Now, y'all listen, The Bible does not call this demon possession. The Bible says this is your flesh. This is a part of your fallen nature. And this is the area in which you need to crucify, you need to mortify the, the deeds of the flesh. Notice in verses 20 through 26 as we wrap it up, and we just read it. Notice the contrast between the works of the flesh and the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is what, saints? love. Then it goes on. I want you to notice this here. Please take note. And if you're a note taker, write this down. It says the fruit singular. Please read the Bible. It says fruit singular. It doesn't say fruits plural. It says the fruit singular. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then what does love look like? Well, it looks like joy. It looks like peace. It looks like long-suffering. It looks like gentleness. You see, the fruit of the Spirit. And from that fruit is born love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and gentleness. People want to be loved. Jesus said they will know you are Christians by your love. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And I don't care how much you prophesy, and I don't care how much you speak in tongues, and I don't care how spiritual you think you are, and I don't care how you think your theology is all dialed in. The reality is, if you don't love people, Paul said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, it profits me nothing. It's meaningless, and it's harsh, and it profits me nothing. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And how do you get love to be born from your life? Jesus said in John 15, Abide in me, and I in you, and you will bring forth fruit. Think about it. How does an apple, how is an apple born? It simply abides in the vine. An apple doesn't stress or strain, or struggle. It just hangs out on the vine. If you want to bear fruit in your life, the fruit of the Spirit, love, and then have joy and peace, you need to hang out with Jesus. You need to abide in Jesus. You don't have to stress and strain and struggle. You know, some people think, you know, if I want to be a spiritual Christian, I'm going to have to make this thing happen. Oh, I've never seen an apple being born from an apple tree trying to become an apple. You, have you ever seen an apple going,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and an apple pop out? Have you have, anybody ever seen that? Because if so, you've been using drugs. I, I, I've never seen that. And you never will. Because that's not how it works. An apple becomes an apple because an apple abides in the vine. And just hang out with Jesus and you bring forth much fruit. What a great New Year's resolution to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And maybe you've been walking in the flesh in 2008. I'd say maybe you need to go home today, pray about these things, and some of those things that are fleshly in your life, sometimes you've got to reevaluate your life. I'm 40-some-odd years old, and in my 40-some-odd years, I've learned that some things have to go. Some relationships are toxic. I ain't got time to preach. I'm just getting going, y'all. I'm ready to start preaching now. It's not good. It's the flesh. And you got to get rid of those things. And you'll never really walk in the spirit until you mortify those areas of the flesh.